And now it's time for us to discuss more of the headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Compared to yesterday, this is a cakewalk. It is, certainly. <laughs> uh, kind of lost our minds a little bit in those early hours of the morning yesterday, didn't we? I think so. Uh, so, of course, I'm sure our listeners are caught up. Uh, fear and anger over South Korea's false alarm. I think that's where we yes. have to start off, unfortunately, today's conversation as well. But, I mean, just to be clear, uh, North Korea does seem to be eyeing another launch date, if I'm not mistaken. Let's mm. start out with our first keyword of the day. Botched launch. So North Korea's first spy satellite launch has ended in a failure after its second stage malfunctioned, sending the projectile plunging into the sea. But the regime has vowed to conduct another launch soon within that proposed date, within, I believe, June 10th. Uh, what's the latest? Yeah, so I think uh, they deliberately kind of gave that kind mm. of uh, extended uh, timeline, if you will, to, I think, account for maybe such failures although they probably didn't want to have a failure even in their first go but mm. it came uh, nonetheless and uh, it was kind of an unusual kind of frank acknowledgement of failure by uh, the north korean regime the south korean military said it uh, fell into the west sea after what it called an abnormal flight now the newly developed tolima one rocket was launched as scheduled at 6 27 a.m at local time yesterday uh, from the Sire satellite launching ground in the country's northwest. That, of course, triggered the uh, emergency alerts and then the cancellation of such alerts. Mm. That's a whole other issue <laughs> that we could go on for <laughs> ages talking about. But uh, the North said uh, the rocket fell into the sea after losing thrust due to uh, the abnormal starting of the second stage engine. Now, North Korea's National Aerospace Development Administration said it would investigate what happened and address any shortcomings before it carries out another launch as soon as possible. Uh, state media reported that the reliability and stability of the new engine system was low and the fuel used was unstable, leading to the mission's failure. Uh, Kim Jong-un's uh, sister, uh, Yozong, said her country will accurately place a military reconnaissance satellite into space orbit soon as well. Meanwhile, she slammed criticism from the US and others like South Korea against uh, the North launch. Of course, uh, they are a violation uh, mm -hmm. of UNSC resolutions because it involves ballistic missile technology to get these rockets into space. Um, now, South Korea's military did manage to recover uh, what is deemed to be wreckage from the vehicle about an hour and a half after uh, it was fired. It was a kind of a cylinder-shaped object uh, thought to have been used to connect the first and second stages of the rocket. Uh, the photo shows the red lettering checklist 13 as it's translated into english on the surface of the connectors the bottom of the connector is also dented as if it was damaged during a fall um, or impact during flight now observers said this could shed light on the makeup of the rocket itself as well as the north's technological progress in terms of kind of other weaponry and um, missile programs as well now a ruling party lawmaker here uh, citing the uh, spy agency, the National Intelligence Service, said the launch might have failed partly because North Korea rushed preparations and tried to change uh, the flight path mm. as well. Uh, he said the NIS believes it will take at least a couple of weeks for North Korea to mount a second launch, though possibly less if the issues 
uh, aren't serious. All right, so let's take a look at some of the reactions, not just here in Korea, but of course, the White House had issued its own statement to, uh, of course, condemning North Korea's latest launch. As you've mentioned, that um, it is a violation of the standing UNSC resolutions. Yeah, so it's more of the same reactions that come out whenever a North Korean provocation uh, occurs. Uh, the presidential office convening an emergency uh, meeting of the National Security Council. It's pretty routine that they do that. It condemned the launch as a serious provocation, uh, threatening the uh, threatening peace on the Korean Peninsula and in the international community. Uh, the White House also denounced the launch. It said Joe Biden and his security team are assessing the situation in coordination with allies and partners. In a separate release, the U.S. Indo-Pacific Command stressed uh, again the ironclad security commitment to South Korea and Japan, uh, saying it will continue to monitor the situation. And um, meanwhile, the top nuclear envoys of South Korea, the United States and Japan uh, held phone talks, uh, and they also strongly condemned the launch. All right, so uh, that was our first keyword, the botch launch. As for the ripple effects of that false alarm, we'll have more on our social media minute. In the meantime, let's turn our attention to our second keyword of the day. Endemic. So Korea is lifting nearly all of its standing COVID-19 restrictions starting today. As we mentioned in the headlines, uh, just in case you weren't keeping count, three years and four months since we first detected a case in the peninsula. Uh, I guess I stopped keeping count because it got exhausting. Yeah, it certainly did get exhausting. <laughs> I mean, uh, tough times, those uh, sure. three and a bit years, haven't they? Uh, but uh, luckily, we are in the midst of uh, pretty much all restrictions being uh, relaxed and eased, uh, and yes, uh, with the downgraded level of the uh, secure, uh, severity of the virus, uh, people who test positive for the virus will be recommended, uh, but not mandated, to stay home for a five-day period, except for uh, when they would need to visit a hospital or pharmacy. Hospitalized patients who test positive uh, will also be recommended to isolate for at least seven days and up to uh, 20 days, depending on the doctor's decision. Now, indoor mask mandates will be lifted in almost all places uh, except uh, hospitals with vulnerable inpatients, as well as residential medical facilities with groups that are vulnerable uh, to infectious diseases. The government says it will introduce measures and practices to allow people to rest when they are sick to ensure um, flexible isolation. So this basically means that uh, for uh, your workers, for example, they will still have the right to rest at home if they are infected mm. um, rather than their boss saying, oh, it's no longer mandatory, so you have to come into work. Mm. So the government is basically giving them that guarantee. Uh, the education ministry, meanwhile, recommends all students and all grades to rest for five days if they test positive as well. And they'll also mark them as present uh, and it'll um, be confirmed as attendance mm. during this period as well. That's something we mentioned before. Uh, the government will maintain its support for paid leaves and living expenses for people who isolate themselves after testing positive as well. Financial support for patients hospitalized and treated for COVID-19 um, at hospital will also be maintained. The current daily reports of COVID-19 cases uh, will be maintained as well until the infectious disease classification of COVID-19 gets downgraded from the current class two to the lowest class four. Once it is downgraded, the monitoring and reporting will be done uh, once a week. 
Uh, also, arrivals to Korea will no longer be recommended to take a PCR test at three days after entering the country. Mm. Um, so more relaxed rules in terms of going in and out of the country. Uh, COVID-19 screening clinics that offer PCR tests for high-risk groups will continue, though, to remain in operation. But all seven temporary screening test centers in the country will close and people will continue to be offered uh, free COVID-19 vaccinations uh, mm. for the meantime. Um, as well. So it's not a complete scrapping of everything. Mm. Uh, the most important and immediate uh, health measures are still in place. Uh, but of course, as always, experts are still advising uh, for people to err on the side of caution when it comes to the virus. All right. We're seeing a resurgence in parts of the world, namely China. And so we thought we'd yeah. have to take a look at that trend. That's coming up on a health segment in our second hour. So stick around for that. Let's move on, Adam, to our third keyword of the day. Fukushima inspection. So a team of Korean experts inspecting the crippled Fukushima nuclear power plant says they have made meaningful progress, but they added that additional analysis is needed for a more accurate conclusion. So they're really treading carefully because, of course, with these data it requires a little bit more further analysis. What's yeah, the latest? Make, yeah. yeah, they say they make a uh, meaningful progress, but we don't know what that meaningfulness is. At the moment. <laughs> and, uh, it seems like we don't really get much out of uh, what they've been uh, looking into so far. Not so yet, bit, anyhow. Yeah. Not yet, anyhow. So it's a bit unclear of how meaningful uh, it is. But mm-hmm. uh, yes, the head of the team, Yuguki, uh, who is also a health official, said they will, um, or a government official rather, said they will uh, be acquiring extra data to look into the facilities that treat uh, the wastewater, uh, dilute it and discharge it into the sea, among other things. Now, while the team did not collect samples of the wastewater in question, uh, to conduct independent tests. Uh, they did acquire relevant data, apparently, from Japan, uh, including those on the level of radioactive materials in the water before and after treatment. Uh, and you said, based on the data uh, that the team received from the operator uh, TEPCO, the company is analyzing the concentration levels of 64 types of nuclides in the water. Uh, he added that on major 10 types of nuclides, TEPCO is analyzing their concentration levels before and after treatment at least uh, once a week. Uh, you said, however, that the team is unable to announce at the moment whether they found the treated water at the plant to be safe for release uh, to the sea. Uh, he said they will further need analyses of the data obtained and make conclusions after consulting also the data from the uh, nuclear watchdog, the IAEA, which is also um, taking samples. Mm. Uh, now, uh, I mentioned uh, what uh, kind of trips they made in terms of the inspection. Um, they've been looking at this ALPS system, as it's being called, which uh, purifies the water and facilities related to storage uh, and measure of radioactive substances. Um, and the team said that uh, they did uh, confirm that major equipment was installed in accordance with the plan. So everything mm. that they said was installed was installed. Um, and things like emergency isolation valves, which basically stop uh, this Alps treated water in the event of abnormality, they were all in place. Um, and uh, the team leader said the government plans to additionally confirm uh, Tokyo Electric Power's plan for ocean monitoring, as well as the accuracy of Tokyo's assessment of the effects on radiation levels. So it's all well and good inspecting what goes into the sea, but what happens after it enters the sea mm. and monitoring that is also an important factor to inspect as well. All right, let's move on to our fourth keyword of the day. 
ER space. So the government is making efforts to prevent a recurrence of a recent spate of deaths in ambulances because ERs were too busy to accept the patients or they didn't have enough bed space or medical staff. Can you tell us the details of um, impending changes? Yeah, so, so this certainly has caused some controversy because uh, they uh, involved some young people as well, a teenager and a, a boy as young as five as well who died in an ambulance uh, because they just these emergency, emergency rooms simply didn't have space. Now, the medical community... Uh, said the incident was not surprising given the limitations in the current emergency care system. Mm. Uh, emergency care uh, centres uh, treat both severe and mild uh, patients, so mm. they have no beds to accept urgent patients. And that's why uh, the ruling party and government agreed to set up what they're calling regional emergency medical centres that will act as control centres to ensure patients uh, transported and organised by them must be accepted by hospitals. And they're also looking to... Uh, put in measures to limit the transport and treatment of patients with mild cases. Uh, accordingly, the centres will command and control transportation based on the severity of the patient and the current status of resources available at each hospital. And hospitals will be obligated to accept the patients in the event of a transfer. And they will also require maybe some mild care patients who are already in these ERs to leave the ER mm. if no beds are available as well. So, yes, this brings into question, well, where, where do the mild case patients go in that mm. case? Maybe in the uh, late hours when local clinics close. So uh, a lot of homework to and a lot of um, grey areas to kind of cover up. But uh, we'll have to see what other measures are implemented. All right, with that, we move on to our final keyword of the day. Union rally. So thousands of members of an umbrella labor union held a large rally in Seoul yesterday. This came as tensions between the union and the union government continue to escalate to a tipping point. I mean, with the union administration trying to, well, introduce new uh, laws like banning nighttime rallies, for example, the tension is yeah. sky high. Yeah, so these tensions have uh been pretty tense ever since Yun Sang-yo uh, came into office pretty much right. and uh, he's been very against uh, the kind of labor unions or what he calls illegal rallies that have happened and about uh, 2,000 members apparently of the uh, KCTU uh, joined the rallies to protest against the government's labor policies. Uh, it caused a lot of traffic congestion mm. as well as riot police to be dispatched as well. They're basically protesting against what they're calling government oppression of unions and they also criticized the police for uh, taking a strong stance against them as well and that's why there were some clashes between them um, and they were also commemorating the death of a high-ranking member of the union uh, a construction workers union in particular uh, who killed himself by burning himself earlier this month hmm. um, he was going uh, undergoing investigation on charges of obstruction of business and blackmail uh, and the union also abruptly installed a memorial altar for the deceased member uh, in front of the finance centre in Kwangamun. Um, four members were arrested uh, and got into clashes with them. Uh, and the union also pressed ahead with a nighttime vigil in front of the place where they attempted to set up the altar. Uh, and the union originally planned to march toward the police headquarters after the night vigil. However, it cancelled it in, uh, out of concern of more clashes. Uh, with the police, but uh, more tensions are being cre created between the government and these unions nonetheless because of this. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. We'll see you tomorrow. You're very welcome. See you tomorrow. 
If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.